Hey, what's up, everyone? You are on the Eden Podcast, and we are so glad that you're here. I hope that the next 30 minutes will help you to become the person that God always dreamed you could be. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for jumping on today. It's so good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. I want to give a special shout out to our Eden family. If that is you, thank you so much for being faithful and consistent over the last six months. You have been awesome. If you are here with us for the very first time, we want you to know that we are especially grateful that you decided to be a part of the conversation. I think that's a huge, huge step to step into an environment like this and to be considering the types of things that we would talk about in this space. We're so so proud of you. And my prayer for you is that over the next 30 minutes, there would be value added to your life as we engage with these spiritual truths and we consider how we apply them to our everyday lives. My name is Daniel. I'm the lead pastor here at Eden Church. And we are all about helping people become all that God dreamed they can be. And part of how we do that is by helping people take spiritual next steps. And we do that through conversations like the one that we're going to have this morning. Now, I am so pumped that today we get to continue in a conversation that we started a few weeks ago in a series that we have called Loveology. And this series has been an opportunity for us to consider and to learn how we can better win at relationships. How do we win at relationships? Because this is such an important thing for all of us. And you know, just like I know, that relationships contribute so much to the quality of our life. But what happens sometimes is when we're not intentional about our relationships, we can tend to settle for less than what they were meant to be. We can settle for less in our dating life, in our singleness, in our marriage, the way that we view sex. And so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this. Week one, we talked about love and how love is more about the posture of your heart than anything else. Week two, we talked about how being the one is so much more important than spending all of our time and energy trying to find the one. And so today we're going to piggyback off of what we talked about last week in our conversation about being single. If you haven't had a chance to see that, go to our YouTube page, check out that message because it's going to segue perfectly into the conversation that we're having this morning, which is all about dating. Now I know, as some of you may have been tempted to do last week when we we're talking about the life and the period of being single, uh, now that we're talking about dating, you may think that the conversation doesn't apply, but I want to encourage you to stay engaged because what we talk about is going to apply to every life circumstance. We're just tailoring the conversation to the dating season of our lives. Now, I think that what we talk about today is going to be a good template that we can apply to our dating life. We're going to be able to apply this, and this is really for anyone who's trying to figure out a pathway for the season of life that they're in, for anyone who's trying to, is dating someone and maybe trying to figure out a manual for whether or not this person is worth investing in, moving forward with in their relationship. And, and honestly, more than I think this is just a good template, my hope and my prayer is that this is a God template. Because what I hope we all come to understand is that God has something to say about our dating life. And I think that if we would be open to allowing for God to influence this part of our lives, we would see some really positive changes in our relationships. And I think one thing that is helpful for us as we begin to invite God into this part of our journey is to understand that when we 
see some of the truths of Scripture applied to this season of our life, that, that God is not trying to keep us from having fun in our dating lives. God is trying to keep us from experiencing regret. And so that's why this conversation is so important. That's why we're talking about it. Because a lot of us incur a lot of regret in the season between when we're single and when we are married. And so sometimes what happens is that we do things that we wish we didn't do. Some of us have been a part of one night stands. Some of us have just constantly been involved in like these short-term relationships. Some of us have just completely gone off the rails and we have just been engaged in overlapping relationships. And what happens when that becomes part of our pattern is that there's a lot of drama and complication tied to our life all the time, all the time. Like, you know how awkward it is to see someone in public who reminds you of something you wish you didn't do in private. Maybe to have a child that you love and adore, but you had it with someone who is committed to being a toxic person in their life. I think it is just so easy for so many of us to wander through some really precious years of our life without clarity about the path that we are literally on right now. And so my hope is, is that you wouldn't wander. I don't want you to squander these years of your life that you have. I don't want you to settle for less. I want you to be the type of person who can look back on the dating relationships that you've had in your past and be proud of what you've done because of the work you put in on the front end. I want you to be able to feel like you left people better than when you found them. And so today's conversation is going to focus on the principle of patterns over potential. And in leadership, this is a, 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 a principle that applies to leadership life. You never hire someone based on what you think they can do. You hire them in light of what they have done. And patterns are like that. Patterns are these lifestyles. Potential is what you hope will be true of someone, but you have no evidence for that. And so today, I just want to let you know where I'm coming from. Okay, now, the interesting thing about dating is that this is a relatively new phenomenon in the Western world. It's only been around for a, hundred, a few hundred years. And so you need to know that Scripture doesn't speak directly in into dating, into this phenomenon of dating. It is this relatively new perspective. And so the point that I'm coming at it from today is having been a, a, a college pastor, a young adult pastor for several years and watching people step into relationships and then come out without any clarity about what they're doing or why they're doing it. And what I have noticed over the years is that so many of these people who went in without clarity and without direction came out of these experiences with a lot of pain and a lot of regret. And so that's the place that I'm coming. And what I've learned is that it is so important to enter into these relationships with a purpose, with some direction. And I know that maybe some of us are coming from environments or, or, you know, tribes or groups of people that have been a part of our story where it was normal to date for fun. But you know why you don't date for fun? Because dating for fun is never usually that fun. Because oftentimes there's nobody who walks out of that experience laughing about it. But what I've learned is a lot of times, instead there's pain and there's regret and there's more insecurity that's affirmed in you at the end of that relationship than when it began. 
And so I want to encourage you to consider dating with a purpose. And the purpose should be investing in someone that you think you could marry. Now, I know that sounds like this catastrophic movement from what you thought about dating to what I'm telling you it should be about. But what I'm suggesting is that you ought not to give up years to someone that you can't even imagine yourself with in the long term. And so today what I'm saying is that if you want to date on purpose, you focus on patterns over potential. Why do we focus on patterns over potential? Potential is so easy to fake, right? Because we're all putting our best foot forward in this dating relationship, right? If you're a guy, maybe you're like in the habit of opening the door for the girl that you're dating, or maybe you're buying flowers, or, or, or maybe you're like doing all this extra stuff that really you're just doing until you win their heart. But I have literally seen guys who can barely spell their names, all of a sudden turn into like these intricate, complex, well-established poets, right? Like all of a sudden they know the meaning, they know what a sonnet is and a haiku is, right? When they start dating someone. I have seen girls who I promise you have never spent one solid hour in the kitchen in their life try to become Aisha Curry when they start dating someone. And do you know why? Because we like to make our potential public, but then we keep our patterns private. Patterns are hard. Patterns are these concrete cyclical behaviors. They are the things that define the habits of our life. Patterns tell us more about who we are than the potential that we showcase on Instagram. Someone once said that you are what you repeatedly do. And so that's why in the early days of a relationship, you almost have to catch people in their patterns. They love to show off their potential, but you have to discover everyone's patterns. And so the question is, when we're dating, what patterns should we be looking for in someone's life? The first one are spiritual patterns. You want to be looking for spiritual patterns in someone's life. It is so important that we are in alignment spiritually with the person that we are dating or the person that we're considering dating. Because at this point in your life, you sort of have the choice to make God and your faith at the core of your relationship. And so if it is a thing for you, it should be a thing for them. And I'm not saying that they have to be pastors or that you have to force them into like this religious system. But if you're dating with purpose, then I'm saying it's important for you to know that the person you're with is also on the spiritual journey with you. Because if that's not the case, if you're not in alignment in the most important part of your life, it is going to be, going to be so hard to be in alignment in every other area. I don't know if you've ever tried to like work on a construction project or build something. But if you have something that you have probably learned somewhere along the way is that as you're building something, the most important part of the building project is that the foundation is set right. Because if the foundation is off, everything else is going to be off. Every other measurement, every other corner, every other cut is just going to be completely off. And so oftentimes that is what it is in relationships that our spiritual patterns are the foundation that we build a healthy relationship on. And oftentimes what happens is when there is not spiritual alignment, it will produce a shallow relationship because you're not talking about the deepest inner workings that are happening inside of you. 
And that impacts your ability to connect emotionally, to connect physically, and obviously to connect at this spiritual level. Most of the time, your faith never moves to a place of maturity because what I have learned in these types of relationships is that it's easier to pull someone down than it is to try to pull them up. The other thing that happens is that it becomes this really challenging relationship. If you have faith, but the other person doesn't, you are going to be running in one direction with your life and they are going to be running in a completely opposite direction. And what that creates is a constant sense of tension between you and them. And so look what Paul says. Paul is speaking to this church in Corinth who, gave, who sort of adopted this newfound faith and he is telling them that if they're trying to walk with God, they have to be careful about who their influences are. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Do not unite yourself with an unbeliever. They are not fit mates for you. Now, this is so true when it comes to dating relationships. And I understand that that may sound like a harsh statement, but I think it is a really helpful reality to consider. If you're looking for someone, you want to find someone who has a rhythm of spirituality or is at least open to growing in their faith. Now, a few things that you want to see is that they have some kind of community of other people that they're connected with. Maybe it's a church or a small group Bible study that they're a part of, but they have to have people speaking hope into their lives. The second thing is that you want them to have this regular rhythm of getting scripture into their life. You want to know that God's word is influencing the way that they think about the world around them, the way that they're thinking about themselves and the people that they see. I cannot tell you how many times I have been in this moment of conflict and, and it is not anyone else that sort of gear, steers me in the right direction. Oftentimes it is God's word that helps me to have the right perspective. And I promise you, as you are considering someone that you're in relationship with, investing your life with, you want God influencing the way that they think about themselves and about you. It will help. The third thing is prayer. You want to see some kind of spiritual pattern of prayer in their life. You want to see that their faith is not just this religious exercise, but that there is a relationship between them and God. I want you to look at what this Gallup poll stated um, about these types of spiritual patterns. It noted that the divorce rate among couples who go to church together regularly is one out of two, which is the same as the rest of society. But then it notes that the divorce rate among couples who pray together go to church together and read scripture is one out of 1,153. These spiritual patterns make a difference in the longevity and in the health of your relationships. And the beauty is that when you are on a spiritual journey with someone else, you are growing together. You're discovering new things about yourselves and about faith together. You're processing life from the same perspective and you're learning all of this together. And what happens over the course of a lifetime is that you begin to develop this relationship with someone that you love deeply because you have matured along the way in your spiritual life. You want to see spiritual patterns, but you also want to see character patterns. I really think that the dating season of any relationship is where you hope to get some clarity about a person's character. And this is where you want to find out if the person is literally a psychopath 
okay? I'm just saying it, right? This is the time you want to figure that out. Or if there's some crazy narcissist, there's, this is the time to figure all of that stuff out. This is the time where something is going to be exposed about who they are and something is going to be exposed about who you are. And what you want to be exposed is character. Look at what Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9 says. It says, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Proverbs 11.3, honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Proverbs 28.6, better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and rich. Isn't it interesting how God gives so much weight to being a person of character? Like God is constantly reminding us of the impact and the influence that character has for the rest of our life in every sphere of our life. It is such an important thing. And so I think that this is particularly important when we are dating is to try to understand someone's character. And I think that there are probably a number of ways that you can do this, right? You can get a sense of, you know, what the people who are closest to them say about them. Maybe ask the question, how do they treat people in humble positions of life? How do they speak to their parents? How do they act around different groups of people? Do they hide their phone from you when they're not around? Hello, pay attention to that one. All of these are really helpful indicators. But I think that the best way for us to examine someone's character in a dating relationship, and I'm telling you, this is Daniel Latondo, School of Hard Knocks, observation. I don't know where else you may get this, but this is, from my perspective, is one of the best way to evaluate someone's character in the midst of a relationship is by setting up physical boundaries on the front end of the relationship. And what you will do is you will start to watch how committed you both are to keeping those boundaries. You'll watch that how, what that person is willing to do to honor those boundaries, you are going to see how hard they are trying to fight to make sure that they keep their word to you. The one thing that this will expose is their character, but they'll expose it in a number of different ways. It'll expose their self-control. It shows you how they respond to failure if a boundary is crossed. It shows you how they resolve problems or how they make amends. And maybe most importantly, it shows you what they are really about in the relationship. Because if they don't want to be in a relationship with you without being sexually active or physically intimate with you at an appropriate level, it will expose what they are really about in the relationship. And what this will show you about their character is so, so valuable because what you learn about their character in dating will oftentimes be the truth of who they are even into the relationship, even into the relationship moving forward. And so you want to see these character patterns during this season of dating, but you also want to see these emotionally healthy patterns in their life. Now, I noticed that I didn't use the phrase emotional perfection. Because if you are waiting to find someone who is perfect, you will never find what you are looking for. Because the truth is, is that all of us are broken at some level. But there are some people that are broken and they need a doctor, not just a person to date. And so I want to tell you this right now. Please listen closely. Just because you love someone doesn't mean that you need 
to date that person. Just because you love that person doesn't mean you need to marry someone. Just because you don't want to be in a relationship with them doesn't mean that God doesn't want to be in a relationship with them. But you cannot be in a relationship with someone who is relying on you to fix them. Now here's how you know where the line is between appropriate level of brokenness, which is just widespread and true for all of us, and a project relationship. And the question that you have to ask yourself is, is this person more inclined to bring you down to their level of brokenness or are they more inclined to moving up to your level of health? That's just the question you have to answer. But brokenness is in all of us. But if there's not a willingness for personal growth, that is a hard situation to live with. And scripture actually gives us this amazing template for what an emotionally healthy person looks like. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So the question that you can begin to ask as you evaluate maybe the emotional health of the other person and honestly your own emotional health is do these characteristics stated in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23, are they true of this person? Are they true of me? Now I'm not saying that you have to be this bubbly person that's laughing and happy all the time, but there is a sense in which you can tell that someone has peace in their heart where there is a gentleness to the way that they interact in relationship. I think that this is a really, really helpful template. But I think that there are two areas that I want to highlight that represent the opposite of an emotionally healthy person. The first is this characteristic of bitterness. I think that when you are in a relationship, it is so important for you to honestly ask the question, am I in a relationship with someone who is bitter? Are they bitter about relationships that they've had in the past? Are they bitter about circumstances about their life that they couldn't control? Like it is completely acceptable for us to be hurt and to be healing when we've been hurt in the past. But there's a difference between someone who is hurt and someone who is bitter. That bitterness is this freshness of pain that stays with someone even though the event was 10 or 20 years ago. And the problem with someone who is currently bitter is that oftentimes this is a symbol or a, a sign that this person struggles to forgive. That like forgiveness is really hard for them. And so it's hard to move past painful experiences, even in relationship. And what you have to know is that if someone cannot forgive relationships in the past, move on in a healthy way, chances are it's going to be hard for them to forgive you. And if you've ever been in some kind, any kind of meaningful relationship, you know that forgiveness is like this necessary part of staying in relationship with people because we are all flawed and broken and that just happens. We make mistakes. The second thing characteristic that is so important for us to be aware of is the characteristic of anger. If you are in a relationship with someone that you regularly witness uncontrolled anger in their behavior, you have to know that someday that anger is going to be applied to you. And this is the thing about an angry person is they are like someone, it's like 
They're like this full cup of water that is tipped to the brim. Any little jar, any little hit can cause this rush of anger just to pour out. Look at what Proverbs chapter 22 verse 24 says. It says, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. You want to see this pattern of an emotionally healthy person when you're considering someone in dating, in your dating life. And the reason why we do this and we consider all of these patterns is because you know, just like I know, that your relationships have so much to do with the influence that goes into your life. So the challenge for all of us is to do the work on the front end so that we can reap the benefit of this God-honoring, healthy relationship on the back end. Look at what Luke chapter 14, verse 28 says. It says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish? Dating is our chance to count the cost in relationships. Be in love. Have fun. Romance each other. And while all of that is happening, find the patterns in someone's life. Are there spiritual patterns? Are there patterns in their life that demonstrate that they have character? What are the emotionally healthy patterns that they're exhibiting to you as you have gotten to know them? And the truth is, is that there is a point to why we would do all of this work on the front end. There's a purpose to it. Is that you want to be in a relationship with someone who helps you to fulfill the God-given purpose of your life. And you want to be someone that helps the person you're in relationship with to fulfill the God-given purpose of their life. Because we have one life to live. And my encouragement to you today is to link up with someone who is going for the same thing, running at the same speed, going in the same direction. Because in that space, you will experience the most meaningful relationship of your life. The beautiful thing about being in a healthy relationship is that you can grow with someone through all the challenges and all the difficulties and all the wonderful life experiences. And at the end, you have someone who has become your partner and your greatest champion. And I want, us to, challenge, I want to challenge you to begin viewing dating from a thousand foot perspective instead of like this hundred foot perspective. Like to consider what the significance of the time that you're investing in this person is, is going to produce uh, years from now and decades from now. I want us to be in dating for the long game. And the truth is, is that we can all imagine what it would be like to be in a relationship who want, with someone who wanted the best for us. Like they wanted nothing from us and they wanted everything for us. And the reason why we talk about these principles is because as we begin to apply them to the people in our lives and the relationships that we're engaged with, we begin to get a greater understanding of God's love for us because that's all that he ever wanted. At the deepest level of all of these principles is our attempt to mimic the type of relationship that God has always wanted with you. And there are some of us today 
that honestly have yet to experience that kind of love in relationships. Like there are some of us today that have never experienced that type of healthy relationship in our life. We haven't experienced from any person that we've known and maybe we have never experienced that with God. And so today, if that's where you're at, like if you've had these patterns that you wouldn't necessarily describe as healthy, but they've been part of your life and you are ready to move out of those patterns and step into a new experience, I want to encourage you to consider doing that with God. To consider stepping into faith today for the very first time. I know that when we think about how we started this church, it really came from the experience that my mom had as she came to faith. And one of these things that she told me years ago when she was sort of recounting her story from unbelief to belief is she told me that it happened in the middle of a divorce when she was going through one of the darkest seasons of her life. And what was true about her life is that she had so many unhealthy patterns because she kept trying to find something to fill the void and nothing would until one day she got to the point in her life where she realized nothing else was going to satisfy her heart until she stepped into a relationship with God. And in that moment, her life was radically transformed. And today, if that is where you are at, maybe it's because of relationships that have been a struggle. Maybe it's because of this unique season that we're all living in right now. Maybe because your life today is not what you thought it was going to be and you are just about ready to give up hope. I want to encourage you to consider stepping into faith for the first time. And what that means is that you have come to a place where you are ready to surrender your life to God. And you are saying, God, I trust you to do with my life what I could never do. I trust, God, that you can give me peace and satisfaction and purpose that I have come to realize nothing else can give me. Not money, not girls, not guys, not a job, not stuff but there's something deeper inside me that is hurting and I need you, God, to help me. If that's where you're at today, I want to encourage you to take this bold step of inviting God into your life, trusting that he loved you enough to send his son to die for you and to model a life that would lead you to a place of the greatest significance that you ever, than you ever thought was possible. And all he says you have to do, he doesn't want your money, he doesn't need your time, he doesn't need all your good deeds. All he wants is your heart. And all you have to do is receive the gift that he's already offered. All you have to do is receive it. And the way we receive it is by praying this simple prayer. And I want to encourage you, if that's where you're at today, to repeat this prayer after me wherever you are in your heart. Go ahead and close your eyes. And repeat this prayer. Dear God, thank you for loving me even when I didn't love you. Thank you for sending your son to sacrifice his life 
so that in his sacrifice, all of the regret of my life, all of the pain, all of the damaged relationships, God would be cleansed and wiped away. That you would receive me as your child. Not because of what I've done, but because of what you've done on my behalf. Today I want to receive that gift. I want to trust that you love me that much. And today I want to begin following you, forgetting my past and stepping into a brand new life that you have for me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.